0: What's up y'all? Welcome to The Real Word. This is the third season, episode 23. Shout out to everybody for watching. Shout out to everybody who's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that has helped us to get this far so far. Um, shout out to our
1: special guest. Introduce yourself, gentlemen. Hi, how you doing, Real Word? This is Emmanuel Duvivier, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Ricard, for having me.
2: Um, my name is Caleb, and I'm, I'm glad to be back.
0: <laughs> so shout out to our guests. Um, if you remember their faces, they're from season two. So shout-out to everybody that's watching tonight. Shout-out to everybody that's been supporting us thus far. Shout-out to everybody that follows us on Instagram. That's at the Real Word Ministries, Inc. On Instagram, that's at the Real Word Ministries, Inc. On Instagram. Shout-out to everybody that um, still comes to our website. That's the Inc. That's the Real Word Ministries, Inc. On, um, also, check us out on YouTube on www.youtube.com backslash the Real Word TV. That's the Real Word TV on YouTube, one word the real word tv also check us out on facebook at the real word 7 on facebook and check us out on soundcloud and podcast at the real word podcast on apple podcast that's the real word podcast on apple podcast and the real word podcast on soundcloud so shout out to all those platforms it's, it's growing it's growing it's growing um, but enough about that um, shout out to our guests guys how, I feel, uh, good. how does it feel to be back does it feel good <laughs>
1: Uh, it definitely feels good. Thank you, Ricard, once again for having me, and hopefully tonight, you know, this will be an excellent time, an excellent platform. Thank you again, Ricard. It's good to be here. Other guests, Caleb, thank you, you know, for being here. God is good. Caleb? Oh, I appreciate it
2: to be back, man. The the, 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 I don't, the, the organization has
0: grown. There we go. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be part of it. Yeah, so shout out. Um... Our apologies for starting late today. You know, a lot been going on. But shout out to the weather in New York. Like, right now, we got a lot of snow. We got a lot of rain. You know, it's cold. Um, you know, but it's December. So, you know, that's usually what comes along with it.
1: Um, so that's about it. Current events, guys. Um, anything? I, I think, you know, you know um, tonight, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, police brutality mm-hmm. and, you know, our personal history with... You know police brutality because just this year i've been stopped three or four times and you know just to open up the floor about you know police brutality and you know how police are you know they constantly they're quick to uh get to black folk you know and if it was a white neighborhood you know they might not necessarily be you know that quick to jump on caucasian individuals and i'm not trying to play you know the race card but i think it's very interesting it's is something else when you're, supposed, when you're black, you're supposed to be calm. Even though they're all up in your face, you're supposed to be calm.
0: So so let's focus on, you said three times this year so far? Just three times this, this year. And the times when they did stop you, what exactly happened,
1: and what was their reason for stopping you? So, and the cop, the cop, it was a male and a female cop. You know, they looked at me, they asked me for my, my license. I, I showed it, of course. And you know, I kept my hand on the wheel because everybody knows, you oh, know, I so was hi- driving. I was driving. I was, I was driving. You know, my, my, my sister was in the, 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 the back seat. And you know, so I was driving and then I, I pulled over as soon as I can. And then I put my hands on, you know, the steering wheel, you know, to make sure that I'm not moving around. And even while I'm moving around, the police officer is saying, hey, stop moving. Hey, stop moving. And then I start panicking. So I show the, the I show my, my license, whatever, and you know they they, they stay there and I, I think that they're still there. And I look around and they're gone. So and they didn't tell me anything of why they pulled me over. All the all the, the papers are good, so I really wanna know why, you know.
0: So they didn't say why they pulled you over at all?
1: There was no reason why. They couldn't tell me why. So do you think that that you was racially profiled against? Absolutely, I was racially racially profiled, you know. When you black when you black in this country, it's it, it almost seems as if you're guilty before you're proven to be guilty. And the second time you were pulled over? The second time apparently I was I was speeding but I wasn't speeding because I was going a little bit over twenty-five. I got pulled over, I stopped for the second time I stopped, I think, I, it took me a while to stop. The, the first time I stopped almost immediately, but this time I stopped. And it's, it's as if the police officer wanted me to stop in the middle of the street, so I had to pull to the side of the road. You know, that's what you do. You don't just stop in the middle of the street when the police pull you over. And then he checks my license, doesn't ask me any question, doesn't tell me why he pulled me over. Uh, so I assumed it was speeding, but it wasn't. He checked my license and let me go. So what what is that all about? And the third time? The third time I got stopped by the police, I was was with maybe two others. And, you know, the police just started, you know, um, taking pictures. Of you? Just taking pictures. (laughs) And, you know, I don't know laws or anything. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't pass the bar. But, you know, like they start taking pictures of me and then suddenly I'm like, why are you taking pictures of me? They're like, shut up. You don't, <laughs> you don't know the law. For real? <laughs> so. Wait, they, they were
0: taking pictures with a camera? They were taking a camera. camera
1: with like a, a, the phone camera. Wow. You know, so I'm like, hold up. You can't do that. I don't know laws, but I know you can't do that.
0: Wow.
1: And it, you know, it, it also brings up the point. I'll tell, you know, I'm not anti-police. I have uncles that are police officers. It's, Say it. I'm a veteran. I'm a military veteran. I served in the Marine Corps for five years, from 2011 to 2016. So I've been out there, you know. Maybe I don't know what it is, but they stopped me, and there's really no reason why. Mm. I don't have no priors. Maybe they think I look like someone that they're looking for, but I don't know. Enough of me. I won't.
0: What about you, Keith? Have you ever been stopped by the police? Have you Uh, ever been pulled over? I've been pulled over once, and that was because. um,
2: a certain friend of mine, and you know, we after we had a good Jamaican food on oh, Remsen, mm-hmm. I was going to drop him off, and then he threw the garbage out the back window. Oh, and wow! And was under covers. Oh, so yeah. then we pulled them up, we pulled each other. They pulled us over, and then he said, "Oh, you're not supposed to throw garbage out But that was about my only experience with the cops this year. I've been oh. on my P's and Q's, you know. Oh wow! So I don't, I don't get a racial profiling. I, I have not experienced that before, mm-hmm. so I don't know anything about that.
0: When I was younger, um, when I was in my 20s, I had gotten, I got my first car, I think at like 22, 23. And I used to get pulled over all the time. And they used to be like, what are you, a drug dealer? What no. is this, your sister's car, your, your mother's car, your girlfriend's car? And they would say things like that, you know, to like piss you off. Like I realized that they used to say certain things to get a reaction out of you. Um, I used to club a lot. So like coming from the club, you know, usually get home late. So what would happen was like sometimes I'll be with ladies and sometimes, you know, um, I got pulled over a few times growing up. I remember one time I was, ironically enough, in undergrad, I studied law. Like that was my first degree in um, pre-law. So I remember coming from school. I was on my way to work because I used to work. I used to go to school from 2 to 8 and then go to work from 9 to 6 in the morning. So I was getting off from school and going to work. And then I got pulled over by, by Fort Greene Park. Um, and then the cops was like, where you going? I was like, I'm going to work. They was like, oh, whose car is this? I was like, it's my car. They was like, you sure? I'm like, what do you mean am I sure? I'm like, this, mm-hmm. this is my car. They was like, oh, um, get out the car. I was like, for what? They was like, get out the car. I'm like, why? And then it was three of them. So it w- it was one cop, I guess he was in charge. I guess he was the boss. He told he told the other cops pull him out the car. So one cop mm. unlocked the car door, the other one pulled me out. When he pulled me out, they searched the car, um, they didn't find anything. When they searched the car, they found um my C P L R um that's the Civil Practice Law um law book. So when he saw it he was like he was like, What's this? Oh, so you are studying law? You don't know the law, I'm the law. Mm. <laughs> and then he was like he was like Wow. He was like He's like, you know what, get out of here. And then they let me go after that, you know, after back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, they let me go. And I remember at that time I felt, like I felt some kind of way about that, you know? And I was like, I was upset. And what got me even more upset is there wasn't much I could really do at the time. So when I went home later on, I told my sister, she was like, file a complaint with the um, police complaint bureau. So, um, ironically enough, the next day I went, I looked in the paper so peop- it, ha- it happened to two Caucasian women and they sued for millions of dollars. I, I ended up not suing because they kept pushing, because before you could sue the police, once you put in a complaint, you go for mediation. Basically, you got a mediator, um, almost like a judge, and they sit you down in a room and then the cops tell their side of the story and you tell your side of the story and then um, you either resolve it there, or you go back and then you sue. So when that happened, now the cops said that they claimed that they feared for their life. That's why they pulled me out the car. I'm like, how could you fear for your life? It's three white guys with guns, and I'm a black kid, a, a that, black college kid. That
1: that's so important that you said that, Ricard, because no matter how how petite of a black male or female that you are, you're automatically a threat. And I want to put that out there, you're automatically a threat. I've heard this statement once said that, you know, the less you say, the less of a chance that you're going to be locked up. So don't say much. If they they come up to you, be calm, show your ID, comply as much as possible. But remember that you're African-American, you're black, you know. As a black man in this country, we like the endangered species. And I, I think anyone, if you grew up in the inner city at any point in time, you know what I'm talking about. Black folk are being hunted down. And, you know, this is not, I'm not trying to make it a race thing, but it is it is what it is. You know, as, as I remember the first time I got arrested. The first time I got arrested, I was nine. I was eight or nine. I got arrested, and you know what they did? They came to my school. said eight at, or nine? I was eight or nine. jeez so what did you do? I didn't get arrested. You know that was interesting. As as you say that I got arrested for for stabbing somebody, in a school bus, and you know they came to get me the next day. And did you stab I really did. I did. You know, you know, I know, you know, we've passed the statute of limitation, but you know, I I did it, you know, I I mean, I did it, you know, I'm not proud of it, you know, we all have checkered and colored past, you know, they came to my school early in the morning, even before recess, they came, they put me in handcuffs. I remember my skinny, my skinny wrists hanging from these big, huge handcuffs. And they handcuffed me to the table in the precinct, and I went home. I stayed in the precinct for eight, nine hours, crying. And the police officers would just look at me, and they was not doing anything. And, you know, so police, you know, I have history with the police. So this is, I'm telling you this from personal experience. You know, I've had, you know, run-ins with police. And, you know, do do I think all cops are bad? No. I'm not saying that, but... As a black man, you have to know how to conduct yourself. You have to know how to, you know... A a, a teacher once told me this. A professor once told me this. If your hand is in the lion's mouth, do you calmly stroke the hair of the lion in order for your hand to get out of the lion's mouth, or do you try to pry it out, viciously out of the lion's mouth? Yeah,
0: because if you try to pry it out, then there's a chance that you might hurt
1: yourself, right, in the process. Or the line might just eat your whole body. Take your whole body. That's too. So, you know, this police, are, you know, don't say anything, you know. Even if even if you think you're trying to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you think, you know, like, I'm right, you know. Because what do they say in the, the Miranda? You know, anything you, you say and do will be used against you in the court of law. It can and will be. It can and will be. So you could have said an innocent statement. Like the police are, are canvassing the neighborhood looking for a shooter and they say, I don't know who shot. I don't you go and you tell the police, I don't know who was shooting. And the police say who said it was a shooting. And you know, and here you are, you lock you, you locked up, you in Rikers Island, you know, and you doing a bid with something that you didn't do. A
0: perfect example would be the Central Park... Um,
1: Central Park 5? Yeah. Khalif Browder?
0: Yeah, Khalif Browder, another perfect example, you know. And the story of Khalif Browder, what makes it so sad is that he was completely innocent, and because he went through a, such a traumatic event, he ended up killing himself. And not only that, even when he came out of jail, the police would harass him. Like They would park down, down the street on his block, everywhere he went. He got shot after he left. Um, jail by some other guys who thought he had money because he was on these TV shows. And he was going through a difficult time. And even after, when his mom tried to sue, they gave her a difficult time and she died from a broken heart, you know, like, and this is something that we as black people have gone through for a while. I remember myself, even as a kid, like my dad took me to the, um, to the picketing one um, day, marched against um, the police in Flatbush Forty. That's uh, I blew. Abda Yeah, when well, he hmm. put the, um, the up, Yeah, put yeah. The up his button, he broke it. I remember as a young kid, me going there with my dad, and I remember asking my dad like, like, why are we here? And he was like, Yeah, because they beat up a Haitian man, so all the Haitians got to stand up. Mm-hmm. I remember meeting White Clef for the first time there too, and even as a kid, and as I got older, like, I went through a lot of different situations with police. I remember the last time. Um, I got arrested, (laughs) which wasn't too long ago. Um, But it was like a personal situation that got blown out of hand. But even when the cops came, it was like at least 10 cop cars, you know? Wow. And they all hopped out on me, and they tried to violate, as always. But it wasn't my first time, so I already knew how to conduct myself. But I remember the very, very first time that happened to me. Another time, because, you know, I was in a situation where someone told... You know, they did something and they told and, you know, we both went down and it was what it was. And I remember that situation in the first few hours in the cell, like, I wanted to commit suicide, mm. to, to be honest with you. Because they locked you in a small cell. Imagine you being there for the very first time in your mm. life, like, never having to deal with that. And you're in a small little cell and the water fountain is right on top of the toilet. So wow. you're basically drinking toilet water. Wow. And the cell smells like dead bodies basically because wow. you know most of the people I get um locked up by like mental people um homeless people and they never clean out those cells so it smells like rotten wow. flesh you know and I was in a cell that was right across from a clock
1: oh so wow so you so like, you could l- look at the clock time as time go by slow 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 and I'm like Behind a bars, like wow. literally, and I felt like
0: an animal, and I and felt like
1: you know this also brings up the 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 question of twenty three hour solitary confinement. What do you exactly. think about that?
0: I'm gonna tell you because I was in that cell for twenty three hours. Because <laughs> you got because the way all right, but I hope this never happens to any of you. But the way it goes is, um, say for example, someone makes a complaint, the cops come. Most times, the cops don't ask no questions. They just come, pick you up, handcuff you, bring you to the station. Um, depending on the time of day or the day of the week, I um, if it's the weekends, that's the worst, because central booking, processing, that takes hours. So you probably be there for days sometimes, just to see the judge, just the judge to let you go home. So um, sometimes you end up sitting there for like three, four, five, six hours. Sometimes you wow. wait till like three, four in the morning till a transport bus comes, like a van comes to bring you a central booking, because nothing happens without the judge. Most time when you end, um the preset, they called it the, the DA, the district attorney. When he call the district attorney, the district attorney will look at the law book, the CPLR or, or the criminal law book, and they'll look for the highest charge that they could charge you with. Mm. And it's up to the DA and the judge to see if those charges are gonna stick, you know? So they'll try to, say for example, they charge you with a felony. Mm. and Then when you go to court, you plead out to a misdemeanor. Um, they give you a R R uh, RR, or release on your own reconnaissance. Um, so after that you waiting for the transport, waiting for the transport. I remember both times when I was waiting for transport, they came and the back seat of the cop car is real tight. Like yeah, it's yeah. real tight. So he, not he, a lot he, of space to yeah, move. Yeah, Not a lot of space to move. Um and sometimes pe- people die on their way oh, wow. to the um to the precinct, like Frank Gray. They, yeah. They found him with a with his head dislocated from his from his spine. Oh wow. And one of the reasons why is because when they drive, they put on, they put on country music and they drive like idiots and they don't put seatbelts on. Oh wow! So imagine being handcuffed, your feet up and your hands behind your back, and they playing country music real loud and they oh, can drive wow! Like, so you bumping do, do 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 and you can't really hold yourself up or hold yourself down, right? You know, you know,
1: so, you know. Um, I wanted to say something. You know, it might come out as controversial. You know, but. I know I'm not supposed to say this, but you know I feel like the police, you know, are the modern-day KKK. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of them are. You know, this is the modern-day KKK. And you know what they do? They mix it with with black and Hispanic to try to make you think that it's multicultural or multifaceted, but really they have an agenda. It's to round up blacks. It's no different. There's
0: a disproportionate amount of African American people in within the jail system. Um, there's a guy I know, right? Um, he he did 22 years. He was sentenced to, to 25. He did 22 inside, three on the outside. That's another way um they get you through probation. Obviously, we know what Meek Mill's. He oh was yeah, with yeah, for yeah. Years, years. Um, so he was in jail for 22 years, and he said in 22 years, um, there was sometimes he would work two jobs in jail and only make $200 for the month. You know, so it's a way for cheap labor. You know, they call it the the prison pipeline, public school to prison pipeline. You know, um, basically.
1: Oh, I've heard of that. What they where they talk about they create jails and prisons based on the school the the school records of whether or not graduation rates. They look at the school.
0: Yeah, and the worse you do in school, is the more likely that you'll end up in jail. Wow, you know? and, they, and they also base it on. Um, how much parents you grew up with in the house, whether it's like, a single
1: parent household or exactly. wow, and things of that and, and you know, cool. and we, we a lot of times we talk about it, and we say, you know, you know, it's a setup, you know, but when you really think about it, it, it really is.
0: That's why I call it the system, and the system was designed for you to fail because it was designed by people who are racist. Yeah, and that's just a fact. With you know?
1: different <laughs> ideologies, yeah. they have their own ways of thinking.
0: It's just like um the what was it the Thirteenth Amendment that what was it the Thirteenth Amendment that that set that set the slaves free. It set the slaves free. But they even
1: had a Netflix about that a Netflix they said, they documentary. Said, it
0: doesn't really set you free. It said that you're free unless you break the law. Meaning
1: once you break the law, you're a slave again. You're a slave.
0: That's why on your on your back literally says property of the state. There you go. You become property. You know.
1: They even give you a number, too. Yeah. If you're
0: in jail and you're caught masturbating, then you could get a
1: ticket for destroying state property. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I want to ask Caleb, what do you think about all of this? You're just in the Surprise, cut.
2: Like I'm, did, just, like, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning right now. This yeah. is crazy.
1: Yeah, because, you know, you put it like this. You know, a cop would stop you. They would say something or do something to irritate you. And then next thing you know, and they're already in their mind, they're thinking about arresting you. You didn't do nothing, but they're already thinking about arresting you. Next thing you know, you being charged with resisting arrests, with assaulting a cop, and yet you didn't do anything.
0: But there is a quota for them to have a certain arrest. I know it was a Haitian cop. Um, he, was, he was a Haitian cop that grew up in Flatbush, this Haitian guy. And he was trying to fight the oppression. And one of the things that he was saying was that it is the quota that they put out. Um, for them to arrest certain amount of people that Mm. causes the cops to go into these neighborhoods that they're not from and causes them to arrest people at a disproportional rate and because of this quota sometimes they lock people up for a type of foolishness you understand Mm. what I'm saying um like stopping frisk, you know, like stop oh, yeah, and frisk yeah, something yeah. popular. Recently, um, former mayor Bloomberg, he's running for president. He went to the CCC, the Christian Cultural Center, and he apologized for stopping frisk so he could get the black community to vote for him.
1: Wow, wow! And yet, he doesn't realize the damage that he did to the black community in his time as mayor. You know, you, this you now admitting because now you want the blacks to vote for you, but yet your track record says another thing, even with Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. but what is it what did they say about blacks? super predators? Yeah. So you see it's this 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 generational thing, and you know even till today it's almost 2020. we're in December we're in the first week of December 2019, and yet we're still going through this systematic, this systematic oppression. And you know whether or not we realize it or not, whether we want to say we're affected by it or we're not affected, but it's it's real. Yeah.
0: And I think that's one of the the, the biggest problems that we go through as people. You know, um, I think it's unfortunate, and I think that is something that I think it's the lack of unification amongst our people. You know, because. The way that they handle us, I don't think they really handle other people like that because the other people are organized, as in we don't really have any leaders that will stand up against this oppression or to lobby, and we have very little political power.
1: I think, you know, your skin is a weapon. Yeah. You know, your skin is a weapon. You know, your skin, just your presence, just you being around. You know, especially last year, this year, you know, um, whites are calling the cops on... Because... The reason why they do that is because they know you black, and y- the police coming, they know that there's a chance that the situation is going to escalate, and you're probably going to be a victim out of it.
0: What about recently with the lady? Um, you heard about the lady who was in her house, and then she opened the
1: door for the cops, and they shot and killed her
0: in her house?
1: Oh, it, was it like Amber Geiger? Was that, was that case with the African American? No, no, no. That was not it? Amber Geiger was with the black guy. Oh, yeah. So the- it was a white lady. Yeah, it was a white lady cop that
0: killed the black guy in his house. But then it was a black lady that got killed, that got shot in her house by the cops. Like, they came for disturbance, and her door was open. Like, she left her door open. Because, you know, sometimes, like, in the southern states, yeah. it's hot. They leave their door open. Cops came in, they seen her, and they just shot her. Um, she died.
1: And, you know, there's something it's something about what you just said. is because for, for people who are carrying guns, cops are very trigger-happy. Yeah. How is it that... I have a gun. Like I said, I was in the military. I've carried handguns. I've carried M16. I've carried machine guns. You have to have a certain composure to you when you're carrying a weapon. Because I know that if I fire a round, I need to know what I'm shooting at and what lies beyond the target. Meaning that I'm not going to shoot at that person if, if the bullet might go through that person and injure someone else. They teach you that that's one of the basic... Things you learn when you're when on you qualification, rifle qualification week. And yet, police officers, they go through their training, and yet, you know, it sort of brings up the point. Do police need to be retrained? Do they need more training? Is the police academy training sufficient? I think a lot of them do, because
0: you see some of these fat cops out here, they say, It don't look like they need to. Wow, wow. <laughs> it looks like they need to work back out, you know? It looks like they just did what they had to do to pass, and then once they got the job, they just sit around and eat donuts all day. Some of them some of them are big. Like, you ever seen...
1: Oh, absolutely. Jobs? Like, yeah. they're morbidly obese. Yeah, like, they're out of shape. And yet they're getting coffee, and they're getting donuts, and they, they double parked on the streets, and you're just looking at them like, wow. Wow, this is what our taxpayer dollars are going towards. Yeah. Like, we pay for this. And a lot of cops... You think- pay for this, Caleb. You pay for this, Ricard. A lot of... A lot of cops they also extort
0: local businesses, like as in like they go to local businesses and get free things. I remember when I was younger, I was working at McDonald's and they would send the precinct big boxes of burgers. And I'm like, why are you giving these the precinct so, so so much burgers? They're like, so if there's a crime in the McDonald's, they'll come faster. Wow! <laughs> wow! So like if they don't do it, then they won't protect the McDonald's.
1: Wow! So that's sort of like, hey, you know, you giving us burgers or whatever, you know, we'll take care of you in yeah, return. Exactly. And that's not right. Exactly. You know. You know. I don't. Like I said, I don't have no problem personally with any police officer. I think most of them are well to do. They they're trying to make a living. You know, they're trying to protect us. But there's some cops. They have no business in uniform. They have no business carrying a weapon and like i said i have uncles that are police officers you know i've been around the military my whole life so i know what it means to be in uniform would you be a cop to change your narrative if i was a no i don't i don't it's it's funny you say that because i tried to be a cop but then i backed out in the end why i backed out in the end because i can't do it i can't be evil i can't i can't do wickedness I what have to like call evil? it,
0: like, what, what do you mean?
1: by evil I mean I can't skirt tell the law to get my ways. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. And anyone listening, you probably understand what I mean. Meaning that right is right, wrong is wrong. And I'm not going to try to, you know, I screwed up and I'm going to try to, like, you know, make myself, oh, I didn't do it. You know, you're, you're a human being. Just because you wear the badge, it doesn't make you any different.
0: Most recently, you guys heard about the girl that got caught skipping school by the detectives and put her in the back of the police van. Oh, and, and they,
1: yeah, they them. take ter- they took turns. I heard, I definitely heard about that. Yeah. And you know, they got off. Uh, From what I heard, they got off.
0: I, I think they got hit with mis. They pled guilty. And they yeah. Got hit with mess with misdemeanors. And the girl, she 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 made herself public because she was outraged at what happened. She said the justice system's a joke.
1: And it felt her. Yeah. but you, you, you this is what you got to understand Let, I, I want to say this clearly the reason why this, this was unbroken yeah the reason why they didn't convict those cops was because they're police officers how does it look trying to put uh, yeah. police officers in jail or prison they will be a number one target yeah. am I right or wrong think about it you get convicted now you're doing five 10 15 years you see what I'm saying so it's like you know let's look past this. You know, we're going to charge you, but it's not going to be what, how it would be if, if I did something like that, or he, or someone else did something like that. They claimed that she consent
0: to it, but she was like, how can she consent when there's two scary cops, and she only weighed 100 pounds, and she was handcuffed. So, I guess they had a handcuff behind in the vanity. and they took turns. So, I feel like that's an unfortunate situation. Like, I... I feel like it is very intimidating when you are young and then you are faced with these people because then they start making threats like, "Hey, you, you want to go home, right? You want to go home, right?" Yeah. And we seen that in the movies, right? Um, um, when they see us, like we we saw that where they was telling the kids, "Just say what we tell you to say so you can go home," and it's it's usually that way. Like, they'll put you in a room, they'll put your other friend in a room, they'll tell you that your friend told and you'll believe it, and then they'll tell your friend that you told and they'll believe it, and then they'll turn you guys against each other, and then they start making you
1: make up a story.
0: Because they did it to me. That's it's how I know that, that they do it for real. So,
1: you see the under, you see the underhanded tactics I'm talking about that I can't do. You know, I'm not going to arrest someone for 275 like some of these police officers. I'm not gonna do it. Why? Because I know this is carrying you. The reason why they arrest let me let me say this very, very clearly. The reason why they arrest people, African American primarily and Hispanic, for misdemeanor offenses like a, a joint, a, a roach or or hopping a turnstile is because so when they finally shoot you, they can look back and say, Look, this person smokes weed. This person, you know, is a favorator.
0: Save, uh, they bring like, up your past. The cop that there you like go.
1: Aggressive. Because like, according <laughs> to, according to them, blacks are always high. <laughs> blacks are always carrying firearms. Blacks are inherently dangerous. Yeah. Blacks are like Hillary said, super predators. Yeah. And you know, and that's why they make sure to arrest you for minor things so that when they when you do move, when you do get an attitude and they fire off a couple of rounds at you, they'll say, Look, look, he was he was this. He you know, he smoked weed. We we stopped him before. We know this guy. Yeah. It's Is really to defend yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean I remember one time <laughs> this this gonna sound funny. My my dad, he had ambitions to be a chief, because you know Haitians like Haitian people, they like power. So he went at, at one point, a bunch of Haitians was going to the police preset to become auxiliary cops, a lot like those volunteer cops that just walk around. Yeah, like the the
1: cops They got the little wooden wooden um, baton.
0: Yeah, they, get they a ain't fly, got no fly. gun. And they get a bulletproof vest. So my dad felt like he wanted to do that. And then one day he came home, he was like, "Yo, do you know your do you know your pictures in the preset? And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, like, they know you, they know you. They told me that they pull you over all the time in the black infinity. I was like, I was like, man, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was just laughing. But it was a time in Canarsie, bro, I used to get pulled over all the time. All the time. At least once a month. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to drive anymore. Wow. And after a while, I just took the tents off my car. Because at the time, I had tents. And I was like, you know what, obviously, I'm being profiled. Obviously, these cops feel away. They're gonna try to get me to do something and probably blow my brains out. And I said that to them one time. I said, "Yo, so you try to get me to react so you can violate me, right?" And then they was like, "What do you mean?" One time I got pulled over by a cop because I I was coming from the club when I was younger and I had no shirt on. So I had no shirt on and he was like, he was like, "Why you don't have a shirt on?" I'm like, "Cause it's summertime and it's hot." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, "Where you live?" I said, you got my ID. My address is on my ID, and I was two blocks away from my house. And then he just looked confused, cause he was just like, what the hell. And then he was like, get out of here, go. And then, like, you know, just their attitude sometimes and the way they treat you and the way they react, cause they act like it's their neighborhood when really it's your neighborhood. Yeah,
1: they, I, I put it this way: most of the cops that are encounter African American and Hispanic and whites and Caucasians, they don't live in those neighborhoods. No, they they so they don't care about you. I don't know how to put that. They don't live. If if I'm patrolling in Brownsville and I live in in Mill Basin, I live in Long Island. I live, yeah. in, Long Island. Long Island. I live Island. in Secaucus, New Jersey. Mm. Why do I care? Uh, why do I care about you, really? To be honest, mm. put yourself in their shoes. Why do I care? My thing is to get as many arrests as I can, to write as many tickets as I can, and go promoted. home at the end of the day. and get promoted. And if I have to fire a weapon, then I guess I gotta fire a weapon. I'll call backup. Yeah. Um. I think.
0: I think it's unfortunate, especially now. You know, when you have when you have kids, if you look at the situation much differently, and you would hope that like things change. I think. I think us, like I was saying before, like we need to get our stuff together because the reason why there's not a lot of blacks. On the police forces, like you said, like we get targeted at a, at a very young age and then we grow up and now we got records so it becomes harder for us yeah. to get the police officer jobs. Plus a lot of people don't want to become police because of the stigma attached to it, you know? They don't want to be seen as a snitch, you know, and things of that nature. And so it's an unequal balance, you know? At least if it was mixed in, then it would be a little bit more fair. But, you know, the fact that it's not and that the, the, the scale is so unbalanced then it comes off that way, you know. Yeah. But there are a lot of white people that do get killed by police as well, you know. It it does make the news more often when it's a black person, but it does happen to white people as well.
1: That, it I'm not and you know, I'm not trying to say it doesn't, but you know, why is it predominantly African American? Why is it predominantly Hispanic? You know, you have there has to be there has to be something and 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 look, it's exactly what you just said about unification, black unification. You know, if you have a business, I won't support you. Yet, we both black. I know you. You're my friend. Yeah. You have a business, I'm not supporting you. You don't support me when I have my business. Yeah. See, that's why we're we fallen down. And, you know, it's real talk. What do you
0: think, Caleb? What's your thoughts? I feel
1: as if it's,
2: it's really simple. It's just support. We just need to, we just got to support and be one. Really be one because if we stand together, it's gonna be tough to knock us down.
1: You know, I it's funny you say that because what do you think about the, the Nipsey Hustle situation and uh, what happened over there? Because I think this is definitely related to what we're talking about how we don't support each other and how um,
0: honestly, um, when I was younger, when I was like maybe 20, 21, I went to um, next style shout out to Vennings downtown Brooklyn, located on Flatbush Extension. Um, I went to Vang Styles and I used to buy some nudie jeans. Like, back then, they were very expensive for no reason. You know, I would never buy them mm. now. But back then, it was the cool thing to do. And I used to shop there a lot. We used to call it 550 shopping. Like, when you drop a lot of money on shopping for no reason. Like, now I know better. Um... 'Cause I used to go there so often they gave me a mixtape with the with the clothes I used to buy it, and the mixtape ended up being bullets don't have no name volume two. Mm. that was one of Nipsey's mixtapes and I popped it in the car and I said, let listen to that mixtape and he was talking about the marathon. He was like, Yo It's a hustle, it's a marathon. Nobody's gonna give you done nothing, so go out there and get it. And I was like, Yeah, he's right. Wow. And from there, I was just motivated. Like, he was one of the driving forces for me while I was in college to help me graduate, to help me go further. And then when he was like, Ownership, you gotta start your own business, and ownership, like that's what helped me to start my own business. And I kept pushing it. So I've been on Nipsey's timing. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people did not really know what he was doing, I guess, because he wasn't like. Main, like he never really sold out. Yeah, like yeah. The other He's
1: more underground, yeah. sort of like he that.
0: He wasn't really commercial, and he didn't do gimmicks like he didn't beef with people for yeah. like the game. He didn't really flashy, flashy like these other people. He didn't really club like that. He did what he had to do. He was take care of his family. He was low key. I remember when I first went to Cali a couple of years back, maybe like three, four years ago. The first thing I did was stop off at the at the Marathon store on Crenshaw at Slauson, and I took a lift there. And I hopped out Dolly on on Prince John Lawson in the middle of the day, and I seen the homies. I seen his brother. I seen his father. I seen I, I seen all of them. But I was like, Yo, where's Nip? They was like, Yo, he not here. But he pops in and out. Yeah. But back then it was less people on Instagram. So when I used to put the hashtag, the marathon continues. His manager used to at me. So mm. that's how when, when I popped out, like, like I seen the manager. I seen all of them. So I knew that. If someone had bad intentions, it wouldn't be too hard for them to get to him. Yeah. But the fact that... Because he
1: made himself available. He was in and out.
0: Exactly. But the fact that he kept growing and growing and mm. he probably seen himself the same, like, I guess he was a danger to himself in that sense, mm. you know? Um, But I feel like a lot of people didn't appreciate him until he was gone. I think they call that necro. Necthro something. Where, they where,
1: love you more when you're dead yeah, than uh, like you are alive. We
0: have the bad, bad habit of celebrating the dead and loving the dead, you know. Mm. Um, even us right now with mm. the real word, you know, like we're doing a lot of stuff that she yeah. did, obviously. Um, but there's a lot of people that that don't really join in. I remember for the turkey drive, I hit up the Crips from Canarsie, you know, because I'm from Canarsie. Yeah. I, up in Canarsie. I, knew, I knew a lot of Crips do shouts to the Honey fox. Shout out to um, the G Stones and GS Nuts holla at me, um so I hit him up. I was like, yo, like we doing this turkey giveaway? What up? Like you know, I hit up my other boy. Like he did, I believe he did, uh, 12 years, 12 or 13 years. I was like, yo, holla at your peoples. You know, I always see you posting all these people. Most of the people that you post that that's dead right now that got killed was people that we all grew up with. You know, um rest in peace to Paul, rest in peace to Peter, um rest in peace to uh, guy's name. Shoot. it's gonna come back to me but rest in peace to all the fallen soldiers you know and it's crazy I was like yo let's do something positive for the hood where they could see us doing something positive he said alright cool one thing I gave him at least he shared the fly because some people won't even mm. share the fly they won't even do that much but he was like yeah I'm gonna see what's up I'm gonna see what we could do and crib community restor- restoration and progress blood brotherly love Brotherly love, opposing oppressive, no, uh, opposing oppression and destruction. That's blood. So, that was the original basis of these situations. Same thing with the Black Panthers, same thing. Like, somebody came and they unified these people so that they could do something positive and so that they could protect people in their neighborhood. Even the mafia, mafia, mafia. The story goes that it was a woman, that daughter got raped and she was like, my fear my fear my daughter. And the men came together, they organized and they got the rapists, they killed them, they took justice into their own hands. Even in the godfather, the godfather, Mm. he was a man that protected the people from other people. Mm. They needed favors, he looked out. You know, and the people that wanted to continue working with him, they kept working with him. So, you know, like, we could do the same thing. I was telling my boy, like, yo, like, we should do some black mafia stuff, not not on some violence type stuff but also where we unified and helping each other out because there's people that need it there's people that need jackets people that need clothes people that need food like if we all come together we put our money together we can help each other like the dollar circulates for 28 days in the chinese and jewish neighborhood but only for eight hours in our neighborhood yeah so at the same time like we're suffering but when you hit these dudes up they don't care about that they too busy flashing Mars and red bottoms and all this foolishness like you online flashing um, all these all these diamonds and all these Jews and all these
1: um, name brand name brand mm-hmm. stuff that's cool because me myself I, I could fall victim to it but I give it back
0: so at the same time like you flashing these things and, and I'm telling you you don't need $20 and you can't don't need $20 like yeah. what is that it's sort
1: of like, like in a church it it's sort of like money. in a church you know nobody want to give but yet you can spend $30, 40 $50 dollars on a movie ticket on the outfit to come to church the outfit to come to church yeah, yeah. You see, you see how it all wraps. It, it all wraps back to disunity in the black community, and how we need to, like, like Ricard said, we need to police our own. We need to unify each other. We need to get together and say, "Hey, you know, let's take back our communities." You know, let 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 not the police police us, but let's police our own.
0: Real talk, bro. I got, I got 5,000 friends on Facebook. I got 3,000 followers on the public figure page. I got another thousand followers on my private page. So and then I got another thirty thousand on Instagram, and another twenty thousand on LinkedIn. Imagine if all those people only gave five dollars.
1: Oh, one dollar maybe. $20. Two dollars, three
0: dollars. From the whole company. Wow. And we have a proven track record. You know and these people know me. I grew up with them. You understand what I'm saying? Everything is transparent. Everything is transparent. But yet there's people that are still not supporting. But yet people are still talking about Nipsey. You know, maybe God, God forbid, they're not going wood you know, maybe when, 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 when I transcend, then like, damn, like this guy was really doing it. Like, let's put up murals of him now. You understand Because that's more sexier than like being next to me, like, right, I'm going I'm gonna hold you down. Most of the time when I do these initiatives, it'll be like two or three people that help me, you know? And shout out to the people that do donate, because there are people that, that, that support, but there's way more people that can't support. And the messed up part is, i support a lot of people bro that's real talk even in the church like it was this girl i used to hit her up to come and support me because i helped i helped her build her career you know and i don't really take credit for for things like that but i helped her out you know and when she took off to wherever she feel like she's at i'll text this girl like yo you want to come to my church to support an event she don't even answer
1: oh wow she didn't
0: answer for a whole year but when it was time for her to throw an event at my church hey bro can we come and throw an event at your church? Wow. Like, people move no like sense. that. And that's, and, and that's church people. Boom,
1: yeah, boom yeah, Christian, yeah. Christians, yeah. You understand
0: what I'm saying? So, I remember last week, and I'm going to say this publicly, he could feel some type of way if he watched this last week, right? It was a guy. Mind you, this guy drives a Benz. Mm. His wife drives, his wife works a full-time job. He works a full-time job. So, this guy comes, and we're giving out turkeys to the community, mm. for people that need it. And this guy comes up to me like, yo, save me a turkey. I'm looking at him like, I just ignore him. I keep doing what I'm doing. So he comes later, like, yo, where's the turkey I told you to save me? I said, where's the turkey that 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 you told me to save you? I'm like, yo, this turkey's for the community and people that can't afford it or for members of the church mm. that when we have extra, we give to them. You understand? But it's for those that need it more than yeah. those that just want it. Yeah, want yeah, yeah. It's the difference between needing and wanting. Wanting. You understand? This person
1: wanted, but they don't so, need it.
0: So... So so he goes, this is how you're gonna do me? This is how you gonna do me? I looked at him like, I go, this is a nice jacket. Where you got this jacket from? He goes, oh, you gave me this jacket last year. Because last year I gave 300 coats to the community mm. and I gave half to my church. So, so he had on the same jacket that I gave him last year. And I was like, yo, you know what's crazy? Last year I gave you that jacket. And then a few minutes after I gave you that jacket, I was calling you for something. You act like you ain't him and you walked away. And now you hear a year later asking for a turkey. And then he was like, all right. And then he just walked off.
1: Yeah, yeah this you know, there, Ricardo, it's funny you said, there's something in the black community. We don't like to see one another grow. It's, it's sad. It's sickening. I, 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 just, I just don't like You know, it. if you're doing good, I, I'm not happy for your success. If I'm doing good, you're not happy for my success. Why? And likewise. It's Why? terrible. And that's why Serious. I have to move out the hood, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> yeah, you, you live, pretty much, you live in the burbs. <laughs> I'm not uh, going to where you where you live, but you live, it's a pretty good neighborhood. <laughs>
0: I had to get away, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, bro, like, they, they don't want to see you make it. Like, it's like, everyone loves you when you're on your way up. But mm. then once you hit a certain plateau, people start to feel away. Yeah. I never understood that. Like, like, I started this ministry in, what, 2015? That's when I first became a youth leader. So it's four years later. And all this came after that, Mm you know? Um, And when I first started, when it was like maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 people coming to our events, people was cool with it. Like, oh, this is cute. I like what you're doing. Oh, it's nice. But then once you reach a certain plateau, this guy thinks he's all of that. He thinks he's Mm -hmm. better than everybody else. And I feel like, I still treat people the same way. I don't feel like I keep people around me. I don't have any bodyguards. Mm. Most of the time, I'm sitting by myself. You know why? Because most people think I switched up, so they switched up. Mm. And so I sit around alone. You know, if I'm Mm. not with my family or, like, people that I grew up with, most of the time, I'm just by myself. Mm. And it's sad that it's that way. And even the people that, like, you grow up looking up to, once you reach to a certain point where they're at, you're like, wow, like, this is how they move, this is how they act, you know?
1: You see their real colors. Yeah,
0: like, growing up, I used to look up to pastors and elders and people like that in the church. Until I grew up and I became an elder myself, and I started to know pastors personally, and I started looking at them like, 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 wow, like...
1: It's not what I thought. Yeah, and then when you sit in committee with
0: these people, and you walk out, and then you gotta look at them, and you, like... It's hard to look at them the same way. Yeah. And for me, growing up the way I grew up, it's hard for me to fake it. You understand? Like, yeah, yeah, If I don't like you, I'm not going to fake it. I'm just going yeah, to yeah. keep my distance. I'm just be like, all
1: right. Yeah, there's a lot of pretend, you know. Someone doesn't like someone, you know, but they try to act like, you know, they still like them. You know, there it, it, it needs to be honesty. There needs to be transparency in everything that the black and Hispanic community does. Yeah.
0: people also the like, oh, black company we need a black owned company that's open the community
1: <laughs> but yet if there was a black company you wouldn't support, support it, it at all. this is a black owned company Tom. there you go so you see you see where we have fallen we have fallen as a people you know i'm coming after you you coming after me what you said you know what why, why you got to look at me up and down we both, we african American, we black Yet if it was a white company, if it was Calvin Klein, you would support them.
0: Look at all the racist companies that said racist things that they still... Gucci. Like. And that's recent. And you see all these, <laughs> And you see all these rappers still... We still support
1: Gucci. Gucci, though.
0: Tommy Hilfiger, Timbaland, like all of them. Yeah, all we're,
1: we're, you know, we really lost our way, you know. We've lost our way a long time ago. And, you know, it's really sad, you know, that it's almost 2020. And yet we're still the same. We're growing up, but yet we still haven't grown up.
0: 2020 Getting 2020
1: older, life. but not growing up.
0: And That's the unfortunate thing. I mean, I feel like maybe in time, you know, back then we had leaders. We had Malcolm, we had Moyen, we had Marcus Garvey, we had Mega Evers. You know, we had real leaders, you know. Um, the Reverend um, Al Sharpton, he won that's debatable but you know yeah 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 definitely um, debatable <laughs> um Farrakhan like he was a strong leader but you know his health is not as good anymore yeah, he's in his 80s he's up he's up yeah, yeah so he fell back a little bit but even him he received a lot of scrutiny oh yeah a lot of scrutiny and he was saying a lot of True things, but the way he said it was so blunt that
1: it hurt a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You know, And he was called anti-Semitic, and you know he's racist. You know, and and you know I'm not supporting him. I'm not, but I'm trying to say, you know, he, if he's speaking for the black community, you know, we should at least give him a chance. Yeah. Who do you guys feel like is is the leader of black people right now? Wow, well, that's Let me start. that's mean, a very interesting question. Um, you know, honestly, you know. Who. Who rules the nigga kingdom right now? <laughs> hey, you could go first, Caleb. Because I got to think about this. I got to meditate upon this for a little, a second or two.
2: I don't, I can't think of anyone.
0: Most people saying it's Jay-Z because he holds a lot of influence and he has a lot of money. He's not stepping up, though.
1: No, I don't. I don't. I, I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's Jay Z. You know, Jay Z. Yes, he's got money, but he still has to take a back seat to a, a Roger Goodell. Is that his name? Roger the, Roger yeah, Goodell. Roger Goodell. He has to take a back seat because it's only so much you can do. But well, the thing is, when they needed
0: to look good, they went to Jay Z.
1: Absolutely, because okay. they know he's he's in the black community. But I don't. I wouldn't say that Jay Z is a leader uh, of of black. I don't. I think you know this is the problem that you brought up. Black, there's no, there's no, there's no leaders. Our leaders, literally, the ones that were, they either died, they were assassinated, or they've just fallen off the, off the planet, you know. And here goes Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, I don't even talk about that. We don't even want to bring up that man. The thing about the black leaders back in the days, they put,
0: they put other people before themselves, as in they was willing to die for this, mm. like literally, and they end up yeah, dying yeah. for this, then, <laughs> you know. There's no one really. Really nowadays willing to die for this you understand what I'm saying
1: they don't want to die because you know they care so much about their life and you know but if you really believe something and you really in your heart believe something you will die for it you will go you will do everything that you can it's like a person that believes in God and has a, a unwavering faith in god you're gonna you're gonna go the distance. You know, you're gonna pray. You're gonna read your Bible. You know, you're gonna do what you can. <laughs> so, of that, the only yeah.
2: person that's trying in the black community that nobody's taking serious is Kanye. Talking about oh, Kanye for, for president soon, but nobody's taking him serious because it's Kanye.
0: I think he is doing a big culture shift right now. Wow, wow, like, wow! Like, like he did a real 360. And I think even with his Sunday service, he started really small in his backyard and. You know, he bought a whole big ranch land out in wherever he bought Wyoming? it. Yeah, exactly, In Wyoming, to build his, I guess, his own village or his church or whatever he's trying to build out there. And, you know, a lot of big religious leaders are inviting him over. So he does have the air of the people, you know, and he's using God to do it. So I guess time will tell if his intentions are good, but the leader, I believe, can't only be social. They also got to be political at the mm. same time. And they have to be strong. As Mm -hmm. in, like, uh, unapologetically black man. Like, this is what I stand for. Like, this is for my people. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, I don't think Obama was
0: ever that. No. I don't think Obama was for black people, to be honest. I don't think he
1: ever was fully pro-black.
0: I think Obama was just the middle man, you know? He played the middle very well. As in, like, he, he wasn't trying to ruffle any feathers. He was just trying to, like... Get you on board. to go home. Yeah. Like, you know, you just... Hey, oh, to, yeah. oh,
1: wow. It's, it's almost wow. like somebody
0: at a job, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It don't matter what job they're doing. They, they could be a doctor. They could be a lawyer. They could be a social worker. Like, yeah, their job is important, but they come in for the check and they just trying to go home. Like, yo, I'm yeah. not trying to deal with this. i like, I'll just cut that check. I'm going to go. I'm going to be who you want me to be for these eight hours, but after I clock out, like, I don't want to hear none of this yeah. anymore. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Obama, he still got the influence and the power to be a black leader, but he's someplace playing golf mind his business. He's not yeah, trying to get involved in none of this. Like, he's not, you not trying to get involved in none of this. Like, it's real
1: talk,
0: though. It, it like, is, he, it is,
1: it is. Know,
0: even now, where he's not being held back by the presidential office, you never hear him speak out against nothing. He's
1: not. Because now it's like, you know, he, he left his platform. The platform he once had.
0: He still got a big platform. Black people still respect Obama. Like people was demonizing Obama. Yeah, Yeah. she went and and wrote a book, but that's just you know a money grab. That's an easy way to make money. You you write a book, and then once it get published, you get your royalties. You go, you get to go and tour, sell books, sign book book signings. Then you get paid for speeches. These people make millions of dollars a, on their I, speeches.
1: I got a question for you. It's a very important question. Do you think the, the office of the presidency is something that they actually let them rule and, and become president, or they it's just an agenda? Meaning that they just dare to fulfill an agenda of a
2: higher power. they dare to fulfill an agenda for a higher power.
0: Yeah. Um. The, the president of the United States, that job, is a job in a corporation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As in, that's a seat that's not really for the public that's just someone that they put in front to run the company mm. the company being the country because if you think of any company you know they have a, a president or CEO yeah. they have an assistant president or CEO they have a board um, but they call it a cabinet Yeah. Mm. a secretary or treasury you know just like any other company yeah. but just like
1: Executive, judicial, legislative. Exactly. They saw within but then just like every company. other company,
0: you might have your CEO, your president, or whatnot, but then you got board
1: members that mm. no one really sees. Yeah. In the back. But they're pulling the strings. Exactly. And he like he can't pass a law without others and agreeing.
0: They're the ones that really push the buttons. And it's something called super PACs, right? Mm. Where rich people come together, they create a company, they put money in and then they push people. I've worked on a political campaign one time. Um basically here's what the guy did, right? There was no one running as a Republican during that race for city council. If you're smart, you've probably figured this out. So instead of running as a Republican, he ran as a Democrat. Hmm. And so he had a lot of money because he had Republican-type money. So he ran as a Democrat, and in the primaries, he had the most money. So once he beat out every other Democrat because he had enough money to hire people to canvassate, go out, put the flyers out, put the bumper stickers, push to call numbers, knock on doors, because that's what we was doing. Mm-hmm. And he had the money to bankroll it. So he just kept spending money until he basically spent outspent everyone else. Yeah. And then once he did that, you know, other people that was really going for change, they didn't have the money to keep up with him, you know? Like one lady, she was she went to John Jay and she was like one of those like hippie naturalist boots on the ground type people but she had to campaign for herself because she didn't have the money this guy had a whole office a whole office with multiple rooms and war rooms and he just sat back chilling wow he's wow. still city council till this day wow and he's been city council since i first graduated college Wow! so you know and once he beat all the other ones in the primary there wasn't really anyone to go against him because there was no republicans running mm. so he won So that being, you understand politics. It's not about none of that. It's about money. Yeah, yeah. Even in church, think about it. If you think about it in church, the elder, most of the time, the person, the people that's appointed to elder are either people that has some kind of influence with the people, someone that's been there for long, or someone that has a good job so they have a lot of money and they tie a lot to the church. Mm, Once they tie a lot to the church and they they kiss up to the right people or whatever they do. They give them positions. Like, hey, take and it's very
1: interesting you said that, Ricard, because what do you think about the 501c3 and the, the taxation, how the church don't pay tax, and, you know, there's so many dollars.
0: I mean, I'm a 501c3. Mm. <laughs> I don't pay tax. Wow, <laughs> so what wow, so, so wow. you want me to say? Wow, that? you, you want <laughs> to talk, <you wanna laughs> talk about that. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, when you really understand how it goes and the the, the, the way the game is... Here's how it is, right? You you guys play sports, right? Yeah, Before you play any sport or any game, right, you establish the rules before you play Mm -hmm. the game. Like, this is the rules of the game. You know, you have a referee or someone that designates, if anyone breaks the rules, you're you're penalized for it or you just stop playing. Like, like, yo, you cheating. I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. yeah. But imagine playing a game that you have no idea what the rules are, and as you play in the game, you figure out the rules.
1: Wow. That's
0: how they move You understand what I'm saying? And it's either... You jump in the game and you figure it out for yourself, or people teach you, or you stay out and you just in the stands watching the other people wow. play the games, or you learn the game yourself. I chose to jump in and watch. Mm. Like sometimes I sit back and I just watch. Sometimes I sit back in committee. I just watch.
1: So you, do you feel like a lot of us African Americans are spectators A lot of in us everything, whether of it's politics or, yeah. or anything? Is just that's why we just spectators. Players, wow, we never
0: chose to join.
1: Wow. Like,
0: we're entertainers. We're like the court dressers. We're the clowns. Wow. We're just here to make everybody laugh. Yeah, we're it.
1: entertainment pretty much. We're
0: entertainment. We not, just
1: don't have the red nose.
0: And not a lot of us is going into STEM, science, technology, engineering, wow. and, and mathematics. Not a lot of us is going into that. Wow. We're we're rapping, basketball. Oh, yeah. and, the, and the thing about sports is, out of thousands of kids that's playing sports, there's only like 30 to 40 spots on a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's only like one yeah. percent of all those yeah. kids is making it, and they don't let you know that. So in your mind, you're like, "I'm gonna make it to the league," not thinking that it's a one percent. You got a better chance of just finishing college and getting a regular job. Yeah. You understand and most people in the league only play for like five to ten years, anyways, and then most hey, man, people out. broke in yeah. four years after the league because wow. they have no financial counseling or financial understanding. Me, I learned the game. Like sometimes I just sit in the room like a fly on the wall, and I sit and I learn the game.
1: Wow, it, it really is a game. It really is. They, they, they're they playing with
0: us. Yeah, and that's why when you're fortunate to, to find someone that's going to put you on the game, you soak it up.
1: And yeah. You it there and you do it so you just sit back and just, just pick their brain to try to find as much as you can.
0: I soak up the game, bro. I wow. soak up the game. I done hung out with everybody from from... From politicians to pastors to everybody. Sometimes I just sit. in the room. Lawyers. Everybody, yeah, everybody. Police officers. Wow. Everybody. Sometimes I just sit in the room. I just you're starting, Yeah. I just sit in. I just sit in the room. Like tomorrow, I got a Tomorrow, I gotta. I gotta. I gotta prayer breakfast at the um, Brooklyn Borough President office. I'm all the prominent leaders of of religious organizations from the Jewish, from the Jewish synagogue leaders to the leader of the CCC. I'm A.R. Bernard. they all going to be in the same room. I'm just going to mm. sit there and just watch and listen. i
1: just wow. going to
0: soak up the game. I'm probably going to take pictures and throw it on the gram and people going to be like, oh, my God, she's doing it again. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? I, I just soak the game up. You understand? Like, you talking about 5-1-C-3. I I got a 5-1-C-3 since last year. Whenever I told people I'm going to run a non-for-profit, like, you going to run a non-for-profit? There's, there's no money in non-for-profits. What are you yeah. talking about? The... The NFL's a not for profit Wow. The Blaze is for profit Roger Goodell yeah. making fifty million a year. What are you talking about? He runs a not for profit
1: Do you think one of the main reasons why you did a five hundred one C three is because of community? You care more, like the community I and care about reaching the community,
0: out. But at the same time, there's a lot of benefits about it. It gets you in certain rooms, like the room we're gonna be in tomorrow. Oh Nobody wow. A I get in that You room. see
1: how you're thinking more less about money and more about, about the work. The work that it takes. Your network. To be, to your network helps increase your net worth.
0: So mm. as long as I know the right people, I could get the right money. Wow! Like last week, I had a guy that called me all the way from Washington. He said if I come up with one hundred and fifty, he's gonna give me a line of credit of one million dollars. Oh wow! So you understand what I'm saying? Like this is not a game. This is not a joke. But at the same time, I know if I get a million dollars, I could really help people. You know, I could pe- I could put people in position. I could. I could give myself a salary, leave my job and really dedicate myself to this. Nah. Yeah. If we was really united, I could come up with one fifty in a day. Cause yeah. Jews do it, bro. Yeah. They, they use their partners for money. Twenty here, twenty yeah. there, fifty there, fifty here. We up. Here's a million. Go flip it, bro. Here's a million. Go flip it, bro.
1: But when, it's, when it comes to black communities, black people, it's disunity. It's, you know, you trying to steal from me, I'm trying to steal from you, and we're trying to find ways to take money out of each other's pockets. And they're giving you five years to pay
0: that back. You don't think you could flip a million in five years? Yes or no? Of course. <laughs> five years is of course. Years is five years is that's a lot of time. If you know what you're doing, a year too. two. But that's what I'm talking about. But like, 501 C3, bro. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I learned a lot. I learned. But yeah, man, I guess that's enough time because we got things we got to do. So we close out closing thoughts.
1: Uh, Keep God first, you know, no matter what you do, keep God first, you Amen. know, and find God, you know, find Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. Bro,
2: after God, just, just, just do what you love, man. Support, support is key. I tell people that all the time. Support is key. It's free. You don't got to do nothing. Just click that like button, click that share, you know, it don't take long feel me like at a certain point i used to really think about it. i'm like why am i sharing this that i've learned to do it but then i'm like you know what let me just share it now it's just
1: spread love just support it's key i just want to leave you out with one quote from nas he said in the land of the blind the man with one eye is the king mm.
0: and try to open up that third eye if you can that's the real word today. We Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that has helped us to get this far. Um, Manuel, you want to close out with a prayer?
1: I'll I, I close out with a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Ricard. I thank you for Caleb. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we had, this platform that we had to... To, to talk about many different topics and, you know, but most importantly to lift you up, Lord. Father, thank you. We hope that our conversation was edifying to you. We hope that it built up the listener and that they will go out and do great and mighty and marvelous works. And we do we do this and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You. Shout, to, shout out. Holla at me if
0: you want to invest in the real world, man. We're making moves. 20, 2020 is coming next year. You know, we can make million-dollar moves if you guys just come together. It's called crowdfunding for a reason. So put that energy behind us, and we could go sky's the limit. Not Sky's not even the limit because they hit the moon. moon. So, cool. so hey. hey, holla at us. Good night. How good night, good going? night.